Welcome to Dad Devotionals with Dave Domzowski. This is the place for Christian fathers, husbands, and those who love them to find the inspiration, grace, and guidance to help you live God's will for your life and finish your race strong. We share scripture readings, prayers, and advice to help you in your personal and professional life. Now pop in the earbuds or turn up the volume, and let's get to today's episode. Hey guys, before we begin here, I want to tell you about a few things. First, Orthodox at Work. It's a new monthly podcast series that I'll be doing with Sean Reed, an Orthodox deacon and business coach. It will be featured on the Dad Devotionals podcast at the end of each month, starting in June. We will discuss how to live out orthodoxy in the workplace and your business. Secondly, please show your support for the IOCC, or International Orthodox Christian Charities. I'm spreading the word about their DIY fundraising initiative. Do it yourself for IOCC is a chance to raise awareness and funds in creative ways. You're inspired. Now do something about it. Decide how you will make an impact for this cause you care about so much. Show the world your passion as you bring your vision to life. Get involved at IOCC.org slash DIY. Now let's get to today's interview. Okay, folks, welcome to Dad Devotionals. As you can see, if you're watching from video, yes, I am outside. It is finally a beautiful day here in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. But we're here to speak with my special guest today, Deacon Sean Reed. He's serving in the Canadian Archdiocese of the Orthodox Church in America. He's also president and head coach at Arrowhead Coaching and Facilitation Solutions. And you'll also probably recognize him from the St. Amelia Homeschool podcast on Ancient Faith Radio. Deacon Sean, thank you so much for joining me, and welcome to Dad Devotionals. It's great to have you. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Uh, no problem at all. Let's let's start with this one. Uh, I always like to, to ask the guests to come on, whether you're Abbot Trifon or Deacon Sean Reed, what was your journey to orthodoxy? Can you tell us about it? Okay, well, um, I was raised uh, Anglican uh, or Episcopal in the U.S., uh, and uh and so, you know, always kind of went to church. Uh, and then I, in university, I kind of walked away from my, my Christian faith for a while and then uh, came out, came out of university and, and uh, kind of realized that that was missing and, and found my way back to a local Anglican church where I ended up meeting my, my wife. We were living in Ottawa, Canada at the time. And, uh, and then, uh, so we stayed in that church, kind of an evangelical Anglican church um, for a while. And then I moved, uh, actually about 10 years ago, we moved down to uh, closer to the Hamilton, Ontario region, about 45 minutes north of Buffalo for your American uh, listeners. And, um, and when we moved here, we couldn't find an Anglican church that really kind of fit with our theological beliefs and our kind of, um, you know, principles that was anywhere near us. And so we started church shopping around. And in that process, um, we started asking ourselves, what, what do we believe? Um, and um, we were, we were at a reformed church for a while. And, and I was, I'll be honest with you. I didn't care. I just wanted to f- settle down, find a place to be. And it was my wife that actually really cared about, you know, well, what are we settling into? And uh, so I was up there, I was leading, I, I led the the music team at this church and, it, and I'd done that for a while. 
um, in our previous church. And I was getting settled in and my wife was sitting in the pews and just not happy. And, uh, and she's like, you know, this just does not feel comfortable. And eventually the pastor of the church came by and said, hey, you guys have been here for a while. You know, um, maybe you want to start, uh, you know, sign a membership. Well, what's involved with that? Well, you got to get up in front of the church and say a statement of faith. You got to read the Heidelberg Catechism and say you believe in, in all these Calvinist doctrines. And I was, I was still like, oh, sure, why not? And my wife was like, uh, no. And, but in that process, um, she said, you know, we went through this exchange of, well, what do we really believe? And one thing led to another. One night we Googled, uh, she had remembered that she had an Orthodox friend growing up who, who had all great answers to all these questions she had. We Googled Orthodox English Hamilton, which is the area we were. We found a local um, parish where we started to go to Vespers on Saturday night. We'd stick around. The priest would talk to us. We'd get these great answers to all these questions we have. We'd sit up late at night and wrestle with these things. And eventually we ran out of good questions and decided to, uh, that we didn't have good answers to from the, ch from the church. And, uh, and that was enough for us. And we, we were received into the church after that. So it was, you know, in a way it was, uh, I think we've always had um, a strong Christian faith, um, but this was a chance to really um, get some clarity around, well, what was at the root of our faith? What did we really believe? And, um, and thank God we, we found our way into the church. Amen. And, and, you know, obviously you did get that clarity of faith because here you are, I think you converted in about 2010. My research yeah. was correct. Yeah. Here we are 10 yeah. years later, you became a deacon. Tell us how that all took place. Um, you know, it's interesting because it's related to my, my work as well. Um, you know, I, I was thinking about this not long ago. For my entire life, I have helped leaders lead in some capacity or another. So I that is true in my church life and, and, and in, in my volunteering in the community and certainly true in my career. I started in, in politics. I was working for a cabinet minister here in Canada and then I worked with the CEO of a software company for about 10 years. And then I worked with CEOs of construction companies. And so that's just been, I mean, man, I even, I even as a as a kid, my brothers would call me the third parent because I was always telling my parents how to raise how to keep us in line. So Love that. I have I have always been been helping leaders lead. And um and so when I was when we made our way into the church, you know, we were we were just active for a while as participants and then eventually um I kind of put my hand up and offered to be a reader, you know, three years in and and at some point, I just, you know, I wanted to help our priest a little bit more if I could. And I asked him about, you know, enrolling in the OCA's diaconal vocations program. And he gave me his blessing to do that. And the archbishop uh, gave his blessing for me to do that. And it's just kind of been that path of just seeing, you know, seeing a need, seeing a leader who needs some help and putting up my hand and saying, how can I help? And, and, and God's kind of just given me something to do every time I've asked that question. So that's how I kind of made my way into the diaconate. Well, I, I can appreciate that. And clearly leadership suits you. I mean, and now you are, 
you're going out there, you're coaching businesses, you're coaching leaders. So can mm. you tell us about the, the genesis of Arrowhead and, you know, why did you start it and what's your primary goal? Yeah, well, so, uh, I mean, so it really, in many ways, Arrowhead is just the manifestation of doing what I've always done, as I said. It's really just about helping leaders lead. Now, it took me a while to figure that out because when I first started the company, I sort of started as a side hustle, as a side project last year. And um, I just wanted to help people, really. I just wanted, I loved coaching um, and I loved, I'd always had a coach, I'd always had mentors. I mentored others in my work life and coached others informally in different capacities. And I just, I just loved doing that. I just wanted to help people, but it wasn't, but that was actually, you know, turning that desire to help people into an actual business that you could build, you know, turn into something is a different story. And so that took some discernment in it. And it was, it was only when I looked back on my trajectory of my career and I saw that common thread of helping leaders lead that I realized that's, that's what I'm about. And that's what I should build this business about. And, um, and so that's what I did. And I just, you know, said, we're going to be a leadership coaching and consulting company. We're going to help leaders and chief executives and leaders of organizations build, uh, build the organizations they were meant to build. And uh, we do that by, helping them engage their people as effectively as possible and help them align their leadership teams around a common set of objectives and goals and help them develop that next generation of leadership talent and, and, and capacity in their organization so they can keep moving their, moving the organization forward. So, you know, it, it's been, I wouldn't say it just sort of came out of the blue, but uh, as I looked back over that, that trajectory of my life, I, I saw that thread and it, it kind of became almost inevitable conclusion that I had to, this is the kind of company I had to create. Absolutely. Well, you know, with you and specifically speaking as a leader, we've covered the faith aspect, we've covered the business and your career and, you know, and and as men, we're also called to be leaders in the home, right? So how have Mm. you been able to manage and juggle all these things while also being a father and husband and doing it effectively? Yeah. Well, I mean, and that is such a, I mean, that is, that is absolutely true. We are called to that leadership role, but we also, I think, kind of, kind of construe certain ideas of what that looks like. And we can put ourselves in a, we can box ourselves into this almost a stereotype, quite frankly, of what we think that should look like, especially those of us who come out of, uh, I'd say a more conservative Christian background. Um, You know, we kind of have this idea that the, you know, that the father and husband is the guy with all the answers, is the guy who makes all the decisions, is the, you know, this fearless superhero. And, um, you know, I posted about this not, not long ago, actually. And I think, you know, I think that leadership takes a whole lot of different forms. Sometimes you absolutely do need to be that convicted, you know, clear thinking heroic, you know, in the sense of just being decisive and ready to take that step that that doesn't look super comfortable, but is a step you need to take. Um, but there's other times where, you know, it's okay as the leader to be vulnerable, to rely on each other, to, you know, I certainly um, rely heavily on my my wife and my kids increasingly as they're 
growing up and, and we're, we're a team and we, we, you know, my job as the leader of that team is really just to recognize my own weaknesses, my own limitations and, and cultivate out of every one of us, you know, um, a harmony and ability to kind of all contribute and, uh, and keep doing what we're trying to do as faithful Orthodox Christians in an Orthodox Christian family. You know, I'm, I'm so glad you said that, and especially at a time like this, you know, I feel like the chance to be vulnerable is compounded almost because I feel like, especially for me, I, I've had to, in trying to adapt to this coronavirus and working from home and, you know, everyone just being on top of each other, it's, um, it's you know, some of my, some of my vices have come out, particularly my anger mm-hmm. <laughs> in many yeah. ways. So what is something that you've struggled with? as a father for as long as you've been a dad and what encouragement can you offer for other guys, you know, dealing with that same situation? Well, I mean, I've struggled with anger, uh, for sure. I've struggled with, um, I mean, what haven't I struggled with really? But, you know, one of the things I'll, you know, I think just building off of what we just talked about a minute ago, I think one of the things I have struggled with over the years is, is my identity in the home, in a, in a, you know, what does it mean uh, to be a leader in this household, you know, and, um, you know, what does it, what does strength really mean, you know, and what is, um, uh, you know, and what does that look like in the context of parenting, and in the context of uh, being a husband, and, and where have I got some, um, kind of beliefs about that preconceived notions of what that is that might not actually be either accurate or helpful. Um, so, you know, the first thing I would say for, for all of us men uh, in the family is uh, before you go and do anything, you know, carve out a little bit more time in your life for some reflection and some self-awareness and some asking yourself some, you know, uh, you know, questions, you know, I mean, Plato wasn't orthodox, but the unexamined life is not worth living, right? That's, I mean, Amen. That's, yeah. that's true. And that's what we call, you know, in the orthodox context, watchfulness is all about that, you know, that, 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 um, that wonderful ascetical practice of watchfulness, where we're really just we're just looking at ourselves and looking at what's coming, you know, what's going on inside of us. And, you know, um, that unseen warfare, you know, to use that, to, you know, draw on that other fantastic uh, um, work. But, you know, I, so I think the, the first place to start for us, man, is actually to stop and actually just look inside a little bit. You know, we're blessed with the, with the sacrament uh, uh, of confession, you know, in the Orthodox Church. Um, but that doesn't just because you know right now some of us <laughs> it's hard to go to confession you know right now, uh, but it doesn't mean we can't do that whole reflective and repentant exercise in our in our lives every day. So I think that's number one. You know, take take a look at ourselves, and then the number two point is that I emphasize a lot, and this is true with you know the the book. Some of your listeners will be familiar with our thoughts determine our lives. Um, by yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, Elder uh, Thaddeus, uh, the Serbian elder, wonderful book. And the root of that notion is this, the sense, the truth, 
that we actually can control our thoughts. We have it within our capacity as human beings to, to control what we think about and what we discard as an unhelpful thought um, and, and how we respond to those thoughts as we go. Um, it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of discipline. It's not something you just sort of snap your fingers and become effective at. But once we come, become aware, first of all, of what's going on inside of us and those thoughts we're having, then we can decide and consciously choose, you know, is it really helpful for me right now to be, to be wanting to really lash out at my 12-year-old? Like, is that really the, the helpful thing for me to be thinking about right now? Absolutely. So before, we, before I just impulsively do that, take a moment and actually think, you know, what is the, what is the helpful response in this situation? We have, we cannot control, I cannot control what my 12-year-old chose to do in that moment. But I can control how I respond. And I think that's, what the, that's at the essence of what Elder Thaddeus is talking about when he talks about our thoughts to control, uh, determine our lives. Our thoughts determine what comes next. And so if we, just, if we take control of that thought in response to whatever our 12-year-old just did, we'll be, things will go a lot more smoothly. You know? Absolutely. And I think, um, you know, especially at a time right now where many of us are, whether we want to or not, kind of pushed into that homeschooling and that teacher yeah. role, um, you know, having that, that patience and that, you know, that presence of mind and being more proactive in our response maybe than reactive. Um, you know, why don't you just tell us about your experience homeschooling and then also, you know, you know, intertwine that with the work you do with uh, St. Amelia. Yeah, so we homeschooled for a number, quite a number of years. And of course, now we're homeschooling. Again, our kids are a little bit gr- more grown up. So they, they actually are both in, uh, they, that, this year they were both in school, although we're still very much advocates of, of, of homeschooling, which is why I still lead that podcast, uh, St. Amelia podcast on ancient faith. Um, and, and quite, quite honestly, you know, we've rediscovered the benefits as we've been back in this homeschooling environment. We've just rediscovered a lot of the, the joy um, and treasure that comes in homeschooling. So it'll be interesting to see how things unfold for us, uh, you know, moving forward. But, you know, um, I think one of the things that I, that I reflect on um, in our homeschooling that we had to learn over time and this, but this is, this is applies by the way, whether you homeschool or not. Yeah. So one of my favorite authors is Dr. Philip Mamalakis, and he's written this book, Parenting Toward uh, the Kingdom. And in that book, one of the root ideas that he talks about is being attentive. There's that word again, that watchfulness, that attentiveness, in this case, attending to our kids. And so before we respond to our kids with some action, when we see them doing something, before we lash out or impulsively react to something first attend first check in with them say what what's going on you know what are you what are you up to what what's what's going on what are you trying what are you trying to to do in that moment what are you what are you accomplishing what do you think's going on for you in that moment and in doing that you create this connection with them 
out of which they are because they become much more responsive to whatever you have to say in, in the future but also you become a lot more attentive to picking your words and you know choosing and framing your response more effectively in a way that's really going to kind of use that uh, well-known expression meet them where they're at and and kind right. of you're gonna you're gonna pick the right um tool to use in that in that moment uh you're not because you've checked in and you've kind of attended to what's going on there and you've taken a closer look before you've kind of taken that blunt instrument and dealt and dealt with it so you know i think that's one of the things that we've really learned is how to uh we in homeschooling we have that opportunity more than than we might if we were sending our kids to school for 40 hours a week you know we have that opportunity just be really attentive to them and really really check in with them and really understand what's going on for them and in so doing we become a lot more effective in terms of helping them learn to learn to grow into to be adult the adults that god intends for them to be no i couldn't agree more and you know, I'm glad you brought up Dr. Philip Mamalakis. Folks, you can check out episode 22 with my interview with Dr. Mamalakis as well. And we touch on some of the points that, that Sean just brought up. And, you know, as you were speaking, Sean, I was reminded of, you know, when we, be, we, when we begin divine liturgy or right before uh, the reading or the gospel, we, the, the priest says, let us attend. And, you know, I imagine it's the same concept. You, we're supposed to be focused. We're supposed to be receptive. We're supposed to be, you know, all eyes on, on the reader, all eyes on the divine liturgy, making sure that we're, you know, bringing in all the, the, the divine blessings and the divine goodness that the service and the, and the readings offer. So I appreciate you bringing that up. One of my last questions for you is, you know, what are some final words of wisdom that you'd like to offer the dads, the husbands out there who are listening? I, you know, I think that's a great, that, you know, that's a great point that we should just underscore is attend. If we could just as dads work on attending in life. So attending in our, you know, attending what's going on inside of us in our work lives right now, especially right now in our family lives, attending to what's going on in our, in our homes and attending what's going on in prayer. You know, I don't want to give too much spiritual advice or whatever, but, but I, you know, one of the things that I have learned is in when we pray before we can even kind of intellectually engage with the words or what's going on in the church service, you know, and there's, you know, rightly so there's a lot of emphasis on, you know, um, the, our clergy put, put a lot of emphasis on, on, what's in the words of the liturgy and all that sort of thing before we can intellectually engage and unpack any of that we first have to learn how to actually just listen how to actually just clear out all of the other stuff in our heads that's going on while we're in a prayer in a in a service in a divine service and actually just attend as we just talked about so if we can just practice in our in our own personal lives, in those quiet moments in our personal lives, in our work, in our households, our family lives, and in our prayer, if we can just practice attending, that's the foundation upon which everything else grows. So that would be my one point is so let's let's all work on that 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 call to action of let us attend. 
Oh, no, I, I love that. I mean, I know in even some of the prayer books that I have, it's, it says just that, you know, you're standing before God and it's like, act like it. So just, you know, you calm sure. yourself, you know, you know, put away the cell phone, put away all the other distractions and just be present. I think that's, that's beautiful. Right. Thank you. Um, well, look, uh, Deacon, this has been amazing. I thank you so much for this. Um, how can we connect with you and learn more about your work? Well, my website is arrowheadcoaching.ca. That's the, that's the website for my company. I'm also, you can also check out the St. Amelia podcast on Ancient Faith Radio. Um, and uh, I'm also available on all the social media channels, Facebook, uh, Twitter, LinkedIn. So you can find me, but go to, go to my website, arrowheadcoaching.ca. You'll see I got a blog there with a whole bunch of the insights that I talked about today there. And and uh, people can definitely, uh, hopefully people find some benefit from it. Absolutely. Well, I know I have and just, and just checking it out and following you on Facebook. So I'll be sure to link all that up in the show notes, guys, for you to check out what Deacon Sean's doing and connect with him as well over there. Deacon Sean, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And I look forward to having you back on the Dad Devotionals podcast in the near future. Thanks, David. Great time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Dad Devotionals with me, Dave Domzowski. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review, and also email us at daddevotionals at gmail.com and follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash daddevotionals and also youtube.com slash daddevotionals. Make sure to subscribe, like us, do whatever you got to do to stay in touch. Thank you for listening.